Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Here we are again, another week of... Well, sometimes it isn't going so well. And one of the things that I have, I'd say a third of the people I talk to are struggling with a situation with another individual. They were in a relationship. They want to end it. It's not going well. And how do, you know, they want to know how can I get through this, navigate through this without just spending my days in rage, anger, and hatred. So do you mean just navigating through a breakup? It could be a breakup. It could be, um, you know, anything that, it could be an ongoing relationship that has shifted from maybe was totally loving to all of a sudden uh, it's not going so well and you feel like you can't get out of it. Uh, that's often, oftentimes the case. There might be like if you're married, but you don't want to get divorced because of kids or something. So you're continuing to make it work or trying to trying to make it work, but unsuccessfully doing it happily. <laughs> yeah. Not very unhappily. People have expectations in relationships and their communication lines break down and they stop you know, they stop investing their energy in what they had promised each other. And pretty soon one or both of them is angry, really angry. I'd say 90% of them anger because of a failed relationship or a betrayal or something like that. But we're not necessarily talking about infidelity. Certainly that can be a difficult part of a relationship and something that's very hard for people to deal with. But sometimes it's just two people that it's not working. And sometimes they would rather be apart, but there's the house, the dog. Mm -hmm. the, the... Or just not knowing how to live on your own after a long time. Yeah. You're... I remember hearing the story of a husband who pretended to be deaf for years just so that he didn't have to talk to his wife <laughs> and on the day of the divorce i've had a miraculous recovery <laughs> yeah that's terrible well that is one coping mechanism we're not going to recommend <laughs> well yeah there's a lot out there <laughs> that would be one one thing that might make a relationship impossible. So what can you do? What can you do? Especially when there's children or pets involved, you don't want to get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Um, how do you get through this? What can you do to really make a positive difference and either change the energy and have it work with that individual or, or separate from that individual in a way that you're not hating each other constantly going back and forth. So really what we're going to talk about is ways to clean up this energetically. So you're not continuously 
going back and forth and fighting or having a lot of those negative interactions with the individual. Right. Right. Okay. First tip. Well, one thing I would do first is draw a line. Let's draw a line in time and let's say, okay, that you two built together. We're going to have a house. We're going to have two kids. We're going to build a pool. We're going to plant roses, all the things that you said you're going to do, all the promises. I'm going to love you forever. Um, all of that are thoughts, thousands and thousands of thoughts that you two have projected that were going to happen like tiny mini contracts. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts actually thoughts that are similar bunch together and form a thought form. Just when it gets ugly, they bunch together and form an entity, but basically they bunch together and they're going to form a thought form. So everybody that has ever been in a relationship has a thought form that they created with that person and is probably still hanging in their their field or their part of the astral. Okay. It's like if you had a balloon, you blew it up. This is my relationship with my first husband. This is one with my second husband. They're still there. And they're more just like in our personal energy fields. More in your person personal energy field, their thought forms that you have created with an individual. So the, one of the first things you can do is start to eliminate all the non-essential or no longer valid thought forms. Mm -hmm. If someone's gone, you have no energy on them anymore. They're remarried, you're remarried. You still have that thought form. So visualize that, visualize that thought form. You know, here's the thought form with my first husband, you know, I'm going to pull my thoughts, dissolve anything that is mine. And I'm going to send his thoughts out the window, down into the earth, back to him. And I'm going to declare that this thought form is no longer something I want to maintain. It's no longer allowed in my space. Okay. I'm cleaning them up. Can this be done with different visuals or exercises? Like, I kind of like the idea of a balloon. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe those balloons are all tethered to you. Can then, can you visualize popping those balloons with a pin and then throwing the balloon and the string away? Or what would be the best way to visualize, you know, disconnecting these thought forms? Well, that's, they're your thought forms. Uh -huh. So if that works for you, that's actually a good visual. Uh -huh. You sent one up for everybody. I mean, you even might have a long-term relationship with a, and I'm not talking about a sexual relationship, but like with a professor or something, uh -huh. you know, through from the time you started college till you end your thesis and all of that. And, and you still feel like a connection or something, or it turns negative or something. And you still have that. So or that colleague yeah. or a colleague, right. Or a business partner. So yeah, you could think of each one of those as a balloon, a hot air balloon, whatever size relative to what you did with that person and decide to disassemble this because every time you eliminate thought forms 
from your energy. It pulls you more to the present moment and it gives you more space to create more energy, mm-hmm. more physical energy, more psychic energy. So you can work on it. Then when you're back to the present moment with the relationship that you're dealing with right now, you draw a line and say, okay, I'm going to disassemble or pop the balloon from everything from this day back. I used with uh, uh, my mother, a I saw it as a castle, a crumbling castle in a way, in my mind, so that you're kind of starting from a clean spot in terms of what you're determining you want to do with that person, what promises you want to make, what expectations you have like that. Mm-hmm. It cleans it all up. So that's something we could do from our end of getting rid of our expectations on a person. Now with the second person involved, could you get back any negative thoughts they might have about you in a clean way, like to get them to stop talking about or thinking about you in the same way? Well, this is just a, this is just a disappearing of the structures that you've got going. But you've disassembled your structure. Does that disassemble theirs as well? Well, it does because it's was well, a two party thing, and if you stop to play, yeah, then you can send send their thoughts back to them, and they they can do what they want with their half of the thoughts, but yours aren't involved in it anymore. So you're pulling you're pulling it apart. Yeah, it was built by two people, but it doesn't necessarily it isn't necessarily cohesive to the point that both people have to agree we're going to go thought by thought. I'll, I'll I'll reject that one. I want to keep the other one. Okay. If you say you, it's going to be done, it's going to be done because you built part of this. I guess my question is if the other person is unwilling to work with you, is there a way to get them to think differently about you from well, the more you an do energy this, standpoint? The more you do this, the more they will. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what you're talking about too, is the next thing that I was, I would talk about is how you think about that person and how that person thinks about you. Okay. And I tell a lot of people that they're telepathic and they don't really doubt that they say, okay, yeah, I think I am. But somehow they always assume that nobody else is. So, I get thoughts and I can send thoughts, but nobody else does that. They, they tend to think that way. But the truth is every single thought that you think, think of it like a creature, like a bug flying around. It's, it is a real thing and it has, and it's directional. So if you're thinking about, you know, I really want happy dissolution in this relationship. I want what's best for my child, I'm, we're, I'm sure we can take turns walking the dog. And then, but in your mind, you're thinking, you know, that ass, I wish he'd drop into a deep hole, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's never, never been reasonable. It's he's stupid, whatever you're thinking, these kind of thoughts, those thoughts go to that person. Oftentimes when I ask somebody that's really angry, I said, do you ever feel like this energy kind of come out of your belly when you're angry? And they all say, yes. Oh, wow. Well, that energy that you feel 
is a concentrated thought form that is going to go to the person that you sent it to. It's going to hit them, usually will hit them in the belly, and they will have almost instantaneously anxiety, a headache, some feeling of nausea. Like a physical symptom. They'll have a physical symptom. And then they'll start to think about you. That is the most unreasonable person. And in lots of negative language, you're getting it back. So if you really want to clean up the situation and really improve it, and this is especially so true if you're already in a relationship, stop thinking negative things about this other person. I would think that would be specifically important if you do have a family or a household or a roommate situation, because if you have, let's say, one parent thinking negative thoughts to the other parent, don't the kids automatically pick up a lot of that, no matter how much you tried to hide and protect the children? I think that they're always more aware of that stuff than most of the time we give them credit for. Uh, absolutely. And if one parent's thinking, oh, my son, he's he's brilliant, but that little girl, she's just, you know, ugly and stupid. She's never going to get by. I mean, they're getting that. That's what they're getting. Yeah. And they'll get those thoughts are usually stronger than, you know, everything's okay. I was just thinking, you know, let's say two, two parents that have, have agreed that we are going to be together until our kids are 18 and we're going to get a divorce like the day after or mm -hmm. something because then at least we've raised our kids together but in that time they might put a happy face on for the family but then just be thinking all of these things like oh i really hate that person i can't believe that they they cheated on me or they're never help around the household i can hardly, hardly wait till the 18th birthday comes that would give the child anxiety yeah. They'd have anxiety going, oh my God, my family's going, you know, a hundred days until I'm 18. It's all going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. Yeah. Their anxiety will grow and they may not even understand where this anxiety is coming from. You know, they're just, they under a gun in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know somebody who did that. They, they said they weren't liking having a child. They constantly felt that way and then said, when that child turns 18 i'm moving selling the house and they did that yeah the kid went off to college and there was literally no place to even come back to yeah and it used to be no i was born in 1953 it used to be okay you're no good as soon as you turn 18 you have to join the military i mean that was a kind of way that parents just sort of offed their kids when they were unhappy with them and would tell them you know you're going to be going in the military, you know, you've got another two months or something. But all those kind of thoughts, those are in the consciousness. They are projected. If they're, if you're repeating them often, you're making them stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. You're making like an entity that's going to hover over that person and it's going to be influencing them. And, and they sense on one level where those are coming from. Mm-hmm. I think almost everybody's experienced uh, this, this feeling like this person keeps saying they like me and they're my friend, but I just don't feel that to be true. Mm -hmm. 
that's because of what they're thinking. So you're angry and you feel disappointed and things haven't worked out the way you want. And you're finding your internal chatter almost impossible to stop, but you just, okay, you going through the day and you say, I just hate him or I hate her. And then you say, then you say, whoa, stop, stop, stop. I'm going to pull that thought back. Literally, like if it was on a string, I'm pulling that back to me, be responsible for it. And I'm not going to put that out there. I'm going to stop myself and say, okay, what I seek is positive communication mm -hmm. and peace between us or some other positive thought. Mm -hmm. So how does that help? Well, it helps for one thing is because the person that you're trying to find peace with is going to experience peace coming from you instead of saying, you know, I'm willing to totally work this out. And then they're getting all day long, how much you hate them. You don't trust them. Mm -hmm. They're not getting that. They're not getting that message. And generally when you start to send positive, loving thoughts to people, they respond to it. If nothing else, they'll start to damp down the mouth they're sending you. They're not being aggravated by your hostility. So how do we keep our cool in a situation where, you know, you might be trying your best communication, you're trying to think loving things, and this person is just saying all of the right things just to royally piss you off. And possibly doing the right things to royally piss you off. And doing the right things to piss you off. Well, you have to determine if this, if you want to continue the war or you want peace, mm -hmm. you have to choose. And sometimes I tell people, okay, okay. I get you want to choose anger. How much longer do you really want to be angry? Why don't we, why don't we set a date? Yeah. You know, going to do this for another year, a month, a week, because ultimately you're reacting to what they're doing and you're fighting back both mentally or and or physically mm -hmm. is a choice that you're making. You're choosing to stay in the past. You're choosing to be in a negative relationship and you're choosing to duke it out. Part of what sometimes makes people do this is that they cannot imagine or understand or conceptualize who they are without this. They've been doing this relationship for so long that they don't really know or trust that they'll still be a viable person without the fight or without the interaction. And they're scared. If I'm not fighting with this person, do I what, like, what do I do with my time? What do I do? Who, who am I? Yeah. You know, I've spent so much time. I don't know, preparing meals or going to work to make money for the family or doing whatever. And now if that goes away, who am I? I don't know who I am. So then it's more comfortable. Although a lot of people have a hard time admitting it, but when they really do realize it, it's more comfortable to fight. It's more comfortable to maintain the relationship and have it be negative than just to, to move on to a higher you know, value of living. Mm -hmm. 
So it helps that if you make a positive plan, you start to make your own positive plans independent of that person. See it, say it, do it. What do I want to do? How am I going to live? What am I going to be outside of the circle of influence of this person? Mm -hmm. And when you start to do that and start to strengthen that, then it's easier to not want to fight with this other individual. Sometimes the the pull of wanting to be going back and forth is so strong. You've been doing it for so long that it's almost like an addiction. I'll, I'll tell people like, take a, take a space, you know, take some time, decide to be separate for two weeks. And they're like, well, I went ahead and texted, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, well, they texted back and then I called them and then there was, you know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't that, totally different the opposite the, of what the suggestion was yeah you're gonna you guys were gonna have some space you know but they like almost it's like this addiction we can't help ourselves i just mm-hmm. wanted to send one more text you know mm-hmm. and then and i got this one back and what does this mean and it's this whole like oh there it goes again and you pull yourself right back so we need a little bit of self-restraint <laughs> is that what you're saying yes yes i exercise a little self-restraint it also helps to do soul retrievals over the things that happen that you're really upset about. So you bring back that part of your soul that got crushed because there was infidelity or, you know, you were promised a house and you never got it, or mm-hmm. you were supposed to be the breadwinner and you couldn't be, and you know, you feel damaged about that or whatever it is, whatever's going on sit down and do soul retrievals over the things you feel the most reactivated about. Bring back that part of your soul to the moment. That also cleans up the space for both of you. What if it's just a habit of something like a way that somebody talks to you or something like that? Well, they have a term for that, uh, some psychologists uh, call that fucking fight syndrome. The fucking fight syndrome. And that's because people get bored. The most intolerable feeling is boredom. People can't stand to be bored. So they're in a relationship that's not very exciting. So one way to make it exciting is to have a big fight and make up. I think that's not really what I was meaning by that. I was more thinking, what if someone is always just looking, like talking down? to you let's say a co-worker but maybe you guys have the same job level but this one person's just always talking down on you like you're stupid you don't know as much well something like that where it's not one instance of something but like built up over time would a soul retrieval be possible on just the general interactions with the person Yes, you could do a soul retrieval, like, uh, let's say, okay, if my partner tend to belittle me, I want to do a soul retrieval, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to extend to my soul, to my past person, I'm going to retrieve every part of my soul where I felt belittled and negated by this person. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call back those pieces and bring them back into my heart and tell myself that's going to stop. Then you're not in past hurt. 
you're bringing it back to the moment. Mm -hmm. And if you want, if you understand that this person is in a pattern that they're not going to change, you can't change what someone else does, but you can take away a lot of the energy of the fight between you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to make the hard decision. Can you live with it or do you prefer not to live with it? Mm -hmm. But at least you're working from a place of being centered about it, seeing things clearly, their name. And then you go around the circle, either with your mind or with your finger, or with your mind and your finger and say, they are in their circle. I am in my circle. They are in their circle. I am in my circle. And you're going around in a figure eight pattern. In a figure eight pattern. And when you do that, you will start to, you're changing the scenario of the language from, I hate you. Well, you bitch, take this. Well, okay, stick this up yours. You know, you're doing that anymore. Instead, you've changed the language to, I am here and they are there. Yeah. Period. That's it. So ideally you'd spend 20 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be one 20 minute string. It can be like four or five minute projects yeah. of doing this every day for about a month. You just take time and do this. And what happens is interesting is that people just all of a sudden they don't want to play with you anymore. Mm-hmm. They'll go find someone else they can fight with. I did this with my first husband and it seemed like it was impossible to get away from him and get out of his energy. And I did this and he went and found someone that looked so much like me that looked like my sister. <laughs> he <laughs> found a redhead, slightly overweight psychic person with very pale skin. <laughs> I'm like, damn, is she my twin? And started a big fight with her, but that was okay. Because it wasn't you anymore. It wasn't me anymore. But it completely changed his perspective in terms of wanting to interface with me. Yeah. It ended it, and it just felt clean. It felt good. The energy felt good. I was like, yes, finally. So that will really, really help. We have that on other podcasts under how to get rid of your ex. And we also have it in a blog if you want to read it on on our site, but it, it really, really works. And that type of, uh, this, this type of thinking with these circles actually works for coworkers that are difficult or teachers that are difficult or anybody that you're having difficulty with. Mm-hmm. If you put them in your, their own circle and you're in your own circle, you're going to discharge a lot of the, the neg- negativity. It'll be better. It'll be better. Another thing you can do that Maybe it's a little bit more of a stretch for some people, but is cutting old contracts. And when I'm saying cutting old contracts, I'm not necessarily talking about this lifetime. Okay. I had just, uh, just this week, I had the angels tell me that there was this person that started in like the 1200s in a com in a relationship with another person and has been going over and over again, back and forth, male to female, husband to wife, mother to child, with the same person, fighting it out in every single relationship. Okay. So sometimes you, often, you are in a relationship 
and that you've just woke up in this life and started the script where you left off. Okay. You know, I, I'm going to fall in love with her or him or them. So on the astral, you're being like, oh, I just can't wait to have another go send me back for more. Well, kind of, <laughs> yes. This time I'm going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or she betrayed me. So I know how, what I'm going to do just when they think that I love them the most, I'm going to go out and get laid, you know, yeah. I mean, something, but basically that does happen. Okay. And you keep redoing it. So you can decide, okay, if I have ever had a relationship with this person, I want to call that contract back to this present moment and I'm going to end that contract now. Mm -hmm. If you do that, that will help to dissolve some of this sticky energy. There, in olden days, you know, they, and, and in certain religions, you are married for all of eternity. Mm -hmm. That's what you promise to be married for all of eternity. Well, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so by by calling back those contracts and saying, I'm ending them, I am no longer willing to repeat the cycle. Yeah, I'm not willing to repeat the cycle. I'm not willing to be in a contract with them. Doesn't matter what I said in Egypt or whatever. I'm not going to do it. And I'm ending it and it's final right now. That will help to dissolve some of that past energy. It doesn't hurt at the same time to say, I'm also willing to end the battle. If we have been in a battle going back and forth, lifetime after lifetime, okay, I'm willing to call a truce. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to give up. I don't need to win anymore. I can stop. Mm -hmm. I think in, uh, I probably have the actual dates or number of thousands of years, but I remember in Robert Monroe talking about a couple that were going back and forth and it was something like 3085 when they finally, he went forward in history and back in history and they just fought for thousands of years going back and forth. Same people, same two people kept reincarnating I'll murder you this time. I'll shoot you in the leg this time. Back and, and this forth. is a guy that like wrote a book or something. This was a guy. Uh, Robert Monroe was a man that um, he was very conservative, and then one day he just started going out of body. Okay. And moving back and forth in the astral, but in time and space, which just just spontaneously happened to him. And in one of his books, he talks about tracking this one couple from right now to like 3080 something. So okay. like thousands of years, they just kept reincarnating, meeting up again, killing each other, betraying each other, going round and round. So you can make the bigger decision. If I've been doing that, I'm willing to call a truce. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop my part of that. Mm -hmm. And if the person's mean to me, sometimes it, it can help to actually think, okay, they got the car, they got the house. I probably stole their horse and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> rode off with their money last life. We're, we're, I'm going to call a truce. <laughs> you know, you're not always the victim. So maybe, you know, maybe this is, maybe we're even now. Let's hope we're even now. That's the way I look at it. You know, let's hope we're even now. 
Yeah. And I'm willing to be, I'm willing to stop. It can be useful. It can be useful. useful. I mean, it's so difficult to have a normal relationship. So I can only imagine how difficult it would be in a difficult relationship. And you would think your life would be easier and happier if you found out ways to make them more peaceful. So calling a truce does sound like a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Truce is good. Yeah. And a truce, you don't have to say we were right. They were wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. I'm going to throw down the weapons. All of these things add up to help to alleviate this really stren- strenuous, difficult energy. So what else could we do for these impossible relationships? Bring in your angels. Calling all angels. Calling all angels for help. All right. Okay. So you might say, okay, I want my angels and their angels to help me with this. I want, and I'm asking for an energy line around me that will repel any negative energy, thoughts, anything like that. I want a protection line around me that will keep people that want to hurt me or to uh, be difficult for me or thinking bad thoughts about me from being interested in me anymore. Mm -hmm. Help draw a line like that around me. I want to draw to me the perfect person for me that matches up with my energy, whoever they are, wherever they are. I want them to be attracted, to come to where I am and have those kind of people in my space, both for friends, for teachers, for... I mean, that seems like something that would be fairly hard to do if you're so worked up into one of these really difficult relationships. Well, that's true. You don't have to do that right away, but you could say, I, you know, I want to start to attract to me positive people that are going to work in my life. And I'm going to, and I want the angels to help me to repel negative, hurtful people from being in my energy. I'm going to be like rubber, whatever is, and you're going to be like glue, whatever negative things you say to me is going to bounce back and stick to you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There you go. That's a good platform. I like that. <laughs> it took me a minute to remember that one. But... I like that. That's actually really good way of you could visualize it that way. <laughs> That's what you say. Let's be, let's make a angels make protection line. Make this good. You know, I'm not going to be so affected by these. And, and they will help. They will do that. They will set that up. If you ask them to do that, they'll set that up. And then you might suddenly go, oh, well, that's just the same old stuff that person's been saying. Oh, well, whatever. Get a new theme. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like, oh, I want to fight back. Um, I'm going to send them a text right now and tell them what I think of them. You know, it'll, it'll stop. It stops it both ways. Mm-hmm. And then I want to attract to me in the future people that are perfect for me, people that appreciate who I am, people that want to truly be with me for who I am. A boss that's let me express my creativity in the workplace. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can be a happy thing and they will do that. And then you might suddenly see a shift in who wants to have coffee with you or whatever. Okay. But that could be good. Start to trust that. 
don't do these things like for one minute or, you know, an hour and then say, oh, that didn't work. I'm going to go right back to the fight. You have to have a little. (laughs) Do your blue energy, uh, blue circles of communication and and then go like, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to send him a text. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I've had people say, yeah, I did it. I did it for a day. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, right back at it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And another thing. You have to decide if you want to, if you're really seeking peace, is it really worth it to you? And, and I mean, shouldn't that be the first thing, first tip that we talked about today? Decide what you really want out of this relationship. Decide if you want to be part of this relationship. Yeah, or you don't. Yeah. Do you really want to? Do you really want to continue doing things the way that they've been done? And I think it, I think that people really get caught up in this whole idea of like forgiveness you know the person did this should i forgive them whatever and i and i've said before and and i'll say it again i don't like that concept because a lot of times to forgive means to give as you gave before and if you can't sit down with that person like day one when you were so happy with each other then you're better off to not think of it in those terms. So I actually got a worksheet from my therapist on forgiveness. I thought there was some interesting information in here in describing forgiveness and what it is and what is not. So what forgiveness is, is the decision to overcome pain that was inflicted by another person, letting go of anger, resentment, shame, and other emotions associated with an injustice, even though they are reasonable feelings, treating the offender with compassion, even though they're not entitled to it. What forgiveness isn't is reconciliation, repairing or returning to a relationship, forgetting the injustice, condoning or excusing the offender's behavior, granting legal mercy to the offender, or quote unquote, letting go, but wishing for revenge. That's very accurate. Yeah. I'd say that's very accurate. So I feel like that was really useful to be like, okay, so it's really just deciding that you're not going to be angry anymore. Right. I looked at it and I've had some tough relationships and I looked at it like how much time in my life do I want to waste being angry at this person? Right. Because you don't attract loving people into your circle of your life when you're enraged right so you're and no matter how angry you are it's never going to change what happened in the past right it won't undo it and they're not going to say sorry right so all you're doing is just heating up your engine and wasting a lot of energy and letting the days weeks months or years of your life go by I've talked to people that have spent an incredible amount of years being angry at their partner. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad. So if you think you're, if you think you're not angry, a lot of people say, I'm not angry. And I let all that go. Here's a little way to tell a little way to calibrate that. If you think you're not angry, are you sarcastic? <laughs> Like, do you have undertones of backstabbing in your sentences? <laughs> exactly. Because a lot of times people say, I'm not angry. And also say, how was your sarcasm? Well, I'm really sarcastic. <laughs> well, that's, that's anger. That's, 
that is a kind of backstabbing or I'm going to hit you in the heart while smiling. And a lot of times you're not, you're saying you're not angry at the old person, but you're actually using sarcasm at everybody. So you're just kind of broadcasting it around you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, complete transparency and honesty. While I was like unhealed about some of my relationships, I was very sarcastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm really not now. It's not, it's not that much of a part of me, but I really def definitely have that fine-tuned. The other thing is, how much joy are you feeling? If you're really not angry, then you're going to have a lot of spontaneous joy. Mm -hmm. If you're not laughing, happy, and have moments of just heart-open, spontaneous joy, well, you're going somewhere in the past, and probably you are still angry. So start to identify that. What am I choosing? And, and if you're in a relationship that the interaction between the two of you is nothing but anger, sarcasm, why are you there? Definitely think about choosing to be happy, choosing to be enlightened, choosing to be in the now, in the moment. It can be better. The real choice is how are you going to spend the time of your life? If you're going to spend it fighting or if you're going to spend it in peace and happiness exactly exactly being in a war is the opposite of enlightenment joy inspiration happiness and spirituality you spend every minute in that fight you are pulling yourself away from such better options and so much happiness because ultimately you want to be right mm -hmm. so well and i think that just like it when does the cycle end, right? If you're just continuously going back and forth with saying one nasty thing to the other, at some point, somebody has to decide to stop or it really will just continue forever. It, yeah, it can continue forever. You, as the Buddhists say, thousand lifetimes, you can do this or 10,000 lifetimes. You can do this with this person for 10,000 more lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe nine thousand nine hundred ninety five you've done a few. I mean that enough is is it tells me to figure out whatever shit I have in this lifetime to not redo it in the next right so there's a big payoff in putting down the fireworks putting down the weapons against each other and you taking the higher ground mm -hmm. let's be happy enlightened joyful creative inspired and connected to our higher selves. That seems like a good option. It it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I'll send them one more mean text and then I'll do it. No. <laughs> I well, I always try to play devil's advocate of like, but it's so hard, or uh, <laughs> you know, it's comfortable to be in that. So wake up and fire a zinger at somebody. God. <laughs> I hope nobody's starting their morning like that. I would I'm, hope so. I'm just getting my coffee. Let me just send something that I've been dwelling on all night. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. Choose the higher ground. Yeah. Choose the higher ground. You will be happier. So if you have been in a difficult relationship and have tips that you want to share with everyone of how you ended up getting out of it, or you have questions about any of what we talked about today or any of the other episodes, you can call it in 
There is a link at the bottom of the podcast description. Other than that, please like, subscribe, and share this episode. And we hope that you have enjoyed. Thank you very much.